extraordinary leadership and inspire others through his values, courage, and enormous zest for life. Please join us in honoring the life, legacy, and achievements of a true American hero, George Herbert Walker Bush. You can feel whatever way you want to feel about the president's office, but don't respect the seat. If you were president, wouldn't you want that kind of respect? Now, let's get it then. Huh? You know what time it is. Your favorite time of the week once again. It's raw. Then now forever. Ah. It's WWE, lords. Let's do this. Okay, 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 okay. So last week, we had Natty attempt to save Ronda Rousey from uh, Nia Jackson. The muscle factor run between the two and Tamina and got intercepted by the Riot Squad. We got a different angle on that this week. Last week, we just saw them uh, come out of nowhere. But this week, we saw how, I believe it was Sarah Logan just hit her with a forearm and completely knocked her off track it was surprising and i thought it was real cool to be able to see that different camera angle this week either way we open up room we're supposed to have a tag team match between uh naya jackson tamina and natty and the world women's champion ronda rousey however before the match even gets started the Riot Squad's theme plays, and they're coming out with the Dudley-esque feel because they have a table with them. And, you know, unfortunately for, uh, you know, Natty, she was sidelined again. We had Ronda Rousey trying to fight uh, for her partner, for her friend, for her trainer, but that didn't work any because she's taking on the muscle and Tamina and the face breaker herself. So it's like, what? What what was going to happen? Especially with the table added to the equation. Ends up that Natty gets super kicked and power bombed, double power bombed, really, by the Riot Squad through the table from the ring apron. Whoa. Now, I know last week everybody had their different emotions on the show. But we cannot say that this is not a complete 180 or however, whatever number you want to put on it. But this is a completely different direction from what we've grown accustomed to in having an authority figure or, you know, somebody in the ring that's fairly popular giving us our Welcome to Monday Night Raw segment. 
which turns into a match that's happening right now. No, no. We got a table spot. And not just any table spot. A good table spot. At the very start of the show. If this is any indication as to what the rest of the show is going to be, I am very, very anticipative, if that even is a word. But guess what it is now, because where we at? This is the shadows, and this is the podcast. So, sit back, enjoy, and I'll be giving you some sort of uh, expert analysis. We got the opportunity to see that uh, super kick into the powerbomb through the table again in slow-mo. And... Man, Natty landed on her left elbow. Excuse me, was it? No, excuse me, her right elbow. Rather hard. Like, she hit the table, and that was the impact. And then the rest of the table broke. So, sheesh. You know, Daddy Liv Morgan is uh, no slouch in the gym. And we all know that Sarah Logan is a Viking. So, this is a lot of power. And then, with the uh, fearless leader, Ruby Riot. Uh, sending a kick with a lot of force, man, that, I don't know, man, uh, we hope Natty's all right, it almost reminds me of how Braun's doing, and I hope he's, uh, hope he's, uh, on the speedy recovery road, so he can be at TLC in two weeks, streaming live in the WWE Network, or else he's gonna forfeit to general manager-elect Corbin, which, you know, of course, would position him to be a permanent general manager on Raw and just paying attention to how uh, a lot of constellations and fans and planets in the WWE universe are reacting to him. They are not looking forward to uh, that outcome. So next segment, we're greeted with uh, the Raw women's, excuse me, well, the manager uh, who is overseeing the Royal Women's Division right now. Basically, the girly general, the, the general manager for the girls' side, Alexa Bliss. And uh, she, you know, in the ring, and she's sharing with the crowd that last week, the open forum that she attempted to conduct with Sasha and Bailey didn't necessarily go according to plan. So, because she's uh, being as professional as possible, she's going to attempt to do it again. So we got Charlie C., Charlie Caruso, uh, ringside with a microphone. And luckily for us, because of uh, the Mattel Elite Action Figures collection, we're going to have the opportunity to actually hear from some members in the WWE Universe, and they're going to ask Sasha and Bailey questions. Let's go ahead and get that going. Hi, uh, my name is Zach. What's up, Zach? Hmm. 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 Oh no. Bailey, you're not supposed to find out. You're not supposed to find out that I'm gonna dab you in the back, isn't that right, Grace? Yeah? <laughs> oh man, oh, this is so embarrassing. It's not like that we spent a really fun weekend here in Texas. Cute. I'm actually really glad we have this conversation because I'm a student. Yeah, right, see? So see? Question. 
Okay, okay. Who else? She does have nice hair. It's pink it and black. Okay. Match with any superstar. Oh. Trish and Lita at WrestleMania. Trish and Lita at WrestleMania. Oh. Any more questions? Okay. Oh, Clay. Hello, Clay from Houston. So, uh, it's, it's a silly question, but if you could have any superpower, any superpower at all, what would it be? Mm. Man, that's a tough question, but I mean, actually, no, it's not. It's really easy. I would make things disappear, and I would start with Alexa Bliss. Oh, oh my God. That was so not nice. You know, just when I thought we were getting somewhere, you always... Right? Alright, hold on. Let's let's cover this. First of all, we love Bailey. And we love Sasha Banks. Uh, Trish and Lita in a tag match against those two at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, sounds cool. You know, the, they're good guys versus good guys. So it would be a match on... You know, based on a lot of respect. And we all know that the WWE formula is really rooted in uh, the good guys versus the bad guys. So in a situation like those four having a tag team match at the show of shows, I would have to, well, we would have to see a bad tag team. You know, in order for it to make sense, for real, for real. And be interesting. You know, we we even saw how, you know, AJ Styles and our WWE World Heavyweight Champion, the new Daniel Bryan, you know, couldn't keep that respect thing going for too long. Good guys versus good guys isn't really a... It doesn't happen too much in WWE, so... a. Bad Bailey, a, a heel Bailey. What? I mean, heel Sasha Banks. Did you see how she even just tried to call out Corey Graves on commentary for just stating his truth about her? We've all seen Sasha uh, stab Bailey in the back. I could even go as far back as you know the women's Royal Rumble. I believe we could go as far back as uh, the Elimination Chamber with the women. It's been a great year for the ladies, no questions asked. But beyond that, um, a heel Trish and a heel leader, Hall of Famers, going heel? At Mania? Oh, no. Hence why, you know, Alexa Bliss called it a, you know, cute dream match. And I don't think she's really wrong. Like, I think this is a part of the reason why General Manager-elect Corbin selected her to be in charge of the women's division or at least oversee it for the meantime because you know she was able to see all of that and then just say all right well that was a cute dream match but we do want to keep this rolling are there any other questions Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> 
She's so strong. Check her Instagram. Do you have an answer? Use the fork, Charlie. Okay. Okay. Okay, they want to make the goddess disappear. They're getting a little catty, but we do know who's, we see who's in charge right now, so let's just, Ooh, you. you know, keep it simple. Oh, we got a new person. My oh. name is Raquel. Okay. My question is, what changes will you bring to the Raw Women's Division in 2019? Well, good question. Well... That's right, October 28th. Never forget it. What? Uh huh. Yeah. Women's Tag Team Championship belts, titles. How are we going to call it? We would love to see it. Please, Stephanie. Please. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Apparently, Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox, and Mickey James were attempting to come down to the ring. And Alexa Bliss stopped that from happening. Do you guys see how well Alexa Bliss is doing her job? I think that if she didn't care, then she would let them come in, especially after being disrespected in the fashion she was disrespected being made. Oh, if I had any superpower. I would make Alexa Bliss disappear. What? Why? Less competition? But then we just gonna call up somebody else from NXT. What, what? Come on, stop being selfish and just let the woman shine. It's barely mad that she's not in charge of the women's division right now. I don't know, but that, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Alright, so we got a tag team match coming up. We're gonna completely disregard the disrespect that Alexa Bliss gave, you know, showed Dana Brooke. She might be a little flustered after all of the stuff going on. But we're going to have a tag team match between Alicia Fox and Mickey James. And they're going to be taking on Sasha and Bailey right now. So let's see how that match plays itself out. Okay. So a couple of interferences or attempted interferences from Dana Brooke. Uh... We got the winners of Sasha Banks and Bailey in the match. And Alexa Bliss definitely did applaud. During that match, we had some completely over-the-top commentary. In my opinion, it's five stars. A lot of questions asked. A lot of insight given into uh, each superstar. Uh, veteran moves of Mickey James when Sasha was trying to go to the top ropes or the second rope. Mickey James pulled a leg off. That's experience. That's just, it's just skill and talent. All in all, in the end of the sequence, we saw Sasha Banks go for the backstabber, and then we saw uh, Bailey go into the Bailey of Bailey, and that was the one, two, three. Good victory. Uh, women's Tag Team Championships, you know, no rush, but that is a request from at least this constellation in the WWE Universe. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. So we backstage and we get to see just a little bit more of just how hard the job would be to be in charge of an entire division, especially on Monday Night Raw. Because Alexa Bliss is walking, you know, after a job well done, 
and set excuse me and setting up the tag team match between Mickey James, Alicia Fox, Bailey and Sasha Banks and having it, you know, be a successful match with no shenanigans at the end. But then comes an enraged Ronda Rousey naturally and rightfully asking about uh Nia and Tamina and their actions from the opening segment on Raw along with the Riot Squad. Next week, Alexa Bliss is going to address those uh, actions. And as far as, you know, Ronda Rousey searching for Nia and Tamina, she says, in quote, in good conscience, she can't let her go and do that. Ronda Rousey essentially uh, tells her that she does not have any conscience. And... She's the Royal Women's Champion. She can say whatever she wants to say. And that's all I got to say about that. But let's recall why she is in charge. Uh, you know, Alexa Bliss, that is. Let's recall why Alexa Bliss is in charge of the Royal Women's Division. Uh, because, of, well, because of general manager-elect Baron Corbin. Whom we're going to actually get a look into his rise to power i am highly anticipating this as it's um it's been said that it's going to be quite inspirational and thanks to the marine six we're actually going to get to hear some of the footage so let's ride Guiding light. Good show. Listen, you can't even front. If 
if we look in at Baron Corbin, he has come a long way from winning the inaugural, I believe. Was it the inaugural one? Or oh, one of them. He won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. Since then, he has come extremely far, and I have enjoyed watching him. Uh, he's had highs and lows. He's, uh, we all recall him winning the money in the bank. We all recall what happened with that situation. But we recall seeing Stephanie actually give him a chance. And we see he still has a little bit of edges to work out. You know, he still might be rough around those edges. Like, you know, some call it abusing power. Uh, you know, it is a little immature, <laughs> you know, to completely change the rules of a match just because it isn't necessarily going your way. But at the same time, we can't say we haven't gotten some very entertaining television from Baron Corbin. Okay, I know, I know. Some people would say, oh, but he's so boring and all the rest of this stuff. And here's the deal. If he's boring you, you're on the wrong side of history. Because looking at this video package of his rise to power, I actually like the guy. So, with that, and I know what I'm talking about because I watch this every week. If you watching every week and you don't like what's going on as far as what's happening on the show underneath his watch, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> dare I say you're an entitled infant. So, moving forward, we actually get the camera to cut backstage into a general manager like Corbin's office where you know he's going over specs and stats from the show uh, he's reading some of the script that I have here uh, you know in the office and um, dad rude the rude dad aka Bobby Rude, and Chad Gable uh, come storming in and demand a rematch against AOP for the tag team championships, especially after what took place last week with Bobby Lash. Excuse me, with Bobby Roode's robe. If you don't recall, last week, <laughs> DMGM, the manager of the Office of Pain, Drake Maverick, took the robe backstage to the bathroom, put it in the toilet stepped on it and proceeded to relieve himself that's right he urinated that's right he number one yep and you know what that did to bobby rude you know pg programming but i could say it it pissed him off so they can't necessarily get the tag team championship rematch because they lost. They weren't even champion. It's, that's, that's the challenger's disadvantage. You lose, you're back at the line. This is how the game goes. But because our general manager-elect is actually not as bad as the internet, and some, some areas in the WWE universe like to pay him as he even he's not a bad guy, he's actually going to grant Bobby Roode a match. But he has to win the match. 
And then next week, these guys can take on the Authors of Pain for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Who's Bobby Roode going against? That's right. None other than Drake Maverick. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. We are strictly WWE here. Well, I have respect for a lot of the other promotions. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I don't watch them because of my own personal preference. I have nothing against them. I think that all of these superstars, all of these wrestlers uh, in the other promotions are performing at a very high level. But to get to the space of being a sports entertainer, you have to take yourself to another echelon. And that is why I choose preferentially to watch World Wrestling Entertainment. No, no, not World Rest, not the World Wrestling Federation. That's right. World Wrestling Entertainment. So we gonna get to see Spud in the ring, huh? Word? Rockstar Spud is getting back in the ring? You know, personally, I've never seen him in the ring. And I don't know if there's going to be any in-ring action or not. And I'm serious about that. I don't know how this is going to go. But I do hope to get to see something. You know, I'm, I imagine that maybe he's like a, another version of Leo Rush. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. We, we saw what happened with Big Show and Bobby Roode is no small man. So I, I am very excited to see what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, how that story tells itself. And uh, let's roll on to the next segment. Lucha House Party coming to the ring. Let's get this out the way. I'm pretty sure I say this at least once a week, but I do like the Lucha House Party. I like Grand Metalik. I like Lince Dorado. And I do like Kalisto. I um I definitely liked Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik from the Cruiserweight Classic. And I've uh, Kalisto has grown on me because there was a time when I wasn't necessarily a super fan of his, but um the way he is able to tell a story in the ring, you know, he'll come in and he definitely feels like an underdog, but Throughout the match, Kalisto always gives us something, you know, like he does uh, something and everyone is just on the edge of their seat. I know I feel that way. Sometimes he almost kills himself, you know, and I would definitely say in the off chance that Kalisto ever gets to hear this, please be careful, man. You know, we saw a long time ago he had his life saved by a superstar who's no longer with us and I won't even speak on because he's not with us and maybe he'll get back one day. If not, okay, that's fine. But uh, Kalisto is a great WWE superstar. You know, he's a former United States champion, a former Cruiserweight champion, and he, you know, former Slammy winner, had one of the moves of the year with a Salido Del Sol off of the ladder to an Uso. I think I might even spoke on it. Maybe not. Who knows? But, <sighs> yo, Kalisto, 
Kalisto. And that's all we got to say about that. So the Lucha House Party is coming to the ring. It took me a little second to get warm to, you know, the Lucha House rules. But, you know, it's it's a it's a very it's a comedic portion of Raw. You know, we get to see in ring uh capability, you know, we get to see a lot of uh well fair amount of physicality and athleticism from the three superstars and yeah, the rules may get broke, but again this goes back into and the comedic element. If we're speaking from like a, a business standpoint, I know that Kalisto was supposed to essentially uh not take the place of but at least attempt to fill the void of the Rey Mysterio character before Rey got back some years ago and it uh, didn't necessarily go exactly according to the uh, the plan I'm sure but now we're looking at the Lucha House Party and that void is totally filled you know, we have Ray on SmackDown Live, which is awesome. And then we have on Raw the Lucha House Party. You know, it's three masked uh, luchadors. They all, they, they have uh, great chemistry together. They, they, they interact with the crowd. And that's really cool, you know. They have the, the necklaces now with the piñatas on them. They come out with the piñatas. They give candy to the people in the front row and, you know, everyone that's at least within uh, throwing arms range, you know, in the crowd. So it's really, really cool to see them uh, grow in the fashion that they're growing. And that is that void that was, uh, that was, uh, it was there, but now it's filled. And I can really appreciate uh, what's going on with them. I don't necessarily agree, but I can definitely understand what uh what what's happening with the lucha house party and i can't wait to see uh, <laughs> what else takes place with them because maybe just maybe they could go on to a, a, a tag team championship run one day however that's not today they need to uh go in the ring they're coming to the ring i assume they're gonna take on the revival again maybe they're gonna have a tag team match you know, we're just uh, two on two. But looking at how the pattern is going, <laughs> I think we're going to have another Lucha House Rules match, which, I'm, again, I'm thinking is pretty comical. So let's let's get to it and see what happens. Oh, shoot, Scott Dawson's talking. That wasn't nice. Okay, singles competition. Why not? Yeah, he seems upset, Michael. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> okay, 
So it's very clear that the Lucha House Party were going to win that because it was a three-on-one handicap match, essentially. We saw the tag team partner attempt to get involved every so often, but the numbers game uh, still overtook him. Well, took them both. And we saw a great spot from Kalisto jumping over the rope and landing on the outside of the second rope and going for a front foot. Pardon the sound, the cut. But hey, hit your siren if you liked what happened. Listen, Kalisto, that's for you, man, because we saw the back of your ankle hit the top rope when you went for that front flip. Now, listen now, man. You need to be careful, man. We don't want to see anything happen to you in the name of you attempting to entertain us. We know that the superstars put their lives on the line regularly, put uh, well-being to the side in the name of entertaining us in the WWE Universe. But again... The very last thing any of us want is for a serious injury to befall any one of you guys. So, not saying turn down the, the flippery, because why not? We need that. That's I think it's a good way to continue telling the stories, you know, instead of constantly relying on that like some other promotions. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, man, be careful, Lord. That was, that was great, though. That was great. Great match. It was... It was comedy, and yes, I am getting a little more accustomed to it. So uh, it was, it was cool. But uh, it, it's funny because we heard a spot on commentary where apparently it only work. These lucha house rules only work for the lucha house party. So whoever's backstage calling this, okay. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get to celebrate the carnage that Drew McIntyre has brought to the roster ever since he's uh, made his first appearance alongside Dolph Ziggler. Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night is coming up, and uh, before we get into it, I'll go ahead and say that, you know, when he came up with Dolph Ziggler, it was... Um, I believe it was during the Superstar Shakeup or a trade uh, situation that we were going through. We were on SmackDown, and we didn't know what was going on, but, you know, Ziggy came to Raw, but he did not come by himself. He had this Scottish psychopath, and, you know, he has far transcended the Chosen One moniker. He is a brand-new superstar. He looks like he's constantly in the gym. He he said a lot, and he's backed it all up. You know, anything he said was going to happen, he made happen. And I anticipate what he's going to say in the ring because I'm pretty sure I'm going to agree with it. But because we appreciate Drew McIntyre so much, we're, I'm, going to, I'm going to share my thoughts on whatever it is he has to say. But we did cut to the backstage area where Baron Corbin, general manager-elect, was still going through some stats and figures regarding the Monday Night Raw product. And um, some backstage hand uh, came through with a box. It was to Baron Corbin's excitement. He was happy to see it, said he's going to love this. So apparently Drew McIntyre is going to get a gift for his, you know, in appreciation to 
the carnage he's brought to Monday Night Raw since his uh, first appearance. Corey Graves thinks it's a Rolex. Me, if I had a prediction, I would think it was a car key. You know, Brock Lesnar is nowhere to be seen for right now, so we don't have to worry about him destroying it. If we can remember back before Seth Rollins was even the Kingslayer, he, uh, he, I believe he gave his security guards a car, you know, so, you know, why not, who knows, though, let's, let's all find out together. Before we get into that, though, I want to personally congratulate Titus O'Neil, if, well, in the off chance that he hears this, uh, I think he's been a very, very inspirational superstar, I think he is a true role model. And to the point or to the extent that he made the Ebony Power 100 list on, and he's an MVP alongside names like Steph Curry and James Harden and, you know, tennis champion Venus Williams. You know, it means a lot to a lot of uh, people of African-American descent, I'm sure. I know that Titus O'Neil is doing this for all of those reasons and above. And again, he serves as a true inspiration to guys like myself to continue on the path of essential righteousness and, you know, going out into the world and doing the right thing. I would even recommend uh, going to the WWE YouTube channel and watching uh, the My Son is a WWE Superstar and learning about uh, Titus's story because, again, it's truly inspirational. He is an awesome individual and I hope that he has much more success in all that he does. Hold up, Drew. Hold up, now. Now that you rid us of Kurt Angle, Raw needs a new gold medalist. Oh. I hereby award you Raw's gold medal of excellence. Gold medal of excellence is what was in that box. Me too. Let this man speak. This really does mean the world to me. But I was simply doing what nobody else was strong enough to do. I arrived on Raw to stamp out weakness and eradicate complacency. Seven months ago when I walked around backstage, superstars were playing on their phones. They were playing video games, they had no fire and passion in their eyes to reach the top. Hmm. They were happy just to collect a paycheck. They're on social media, talking to fans like you, retweeting compliments like they belong in the audience and hmm. not on my damn roster. On his roster, he said. That's right. That's why I decided to reform Raw in my image the home of the strong mm. the mighty those with the desire six and oh. 150 percent seven days a week not just on monday and apparently open it up i'm doing a very good job gold medal of excellence let's take a minute to talk about finn balor oh they do have a match coming up, streaming live on the WWE Network. It's WWE TLC in two weeks. But hold up. Oh, Finn's the voice of the people? You want to know the 
Okay, what do you guys say about fame? Oh man. TLC, I am gonna hurt him. I am gonna break his spirit, and I'm gonna continue to fight Whoop! So as we could all hear, uh, Dolph Ziggler came down to the ring to uh, ask Drew about, you know, why he didn't, you know, at least feature him in that awesome video package. And to be honest, uh, first of all, in my personal opinion, it was Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night, not Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler Appreciation Night. Uh, Dolph is a, you know, former champion, multi-time. He's had title reigns, man. He's he's done things, and. You know, Drew, excuse me, I believe that Drew deserves uh, some time in the spotlight as far as being appreciated goes. The WWE Universe clearly loves and respects Dolph Ziggler, but he's been around for a while. So, whatever. This moves on into Drew McIntyre sharing with Dolph that he wasn't necessarily invited to the party. And, uh, you know, Drew, I mean, Dolph, you know, called himself the brains, called Drew the muscle, which, in my opinion, kind of devalued Drew, you know, just made him into some brute, you know, mentally, which clearly isn't the case. If we go back, uh, and you know, but yeah, fast forward, they're going to have a match now because Drew, you know, said a lot. You know, and I think it was fairly true, you know. I think you guys should go and watch Roy yourself. This this little situation between those two is uh, fairly personal. It looks like it. And I've got to be on Drew's side here, you know. Drew and Dolph, you know, came back to Raw. Excuse me again. And, you know, Dolph was kind of just living off of how Drew was successful. You know, they won the tag team championships because of Drew. Dolph won the Intercontinental Championship because of Drew. Dolph made it as far as he made it in the WWE World Cup some months ago because of Drew. You know, and to want some of the spotlight now, even though Drew is clearly... Uh, the reason why he's had such success recently, you know, it's it's a little selfish from Dolph, you know, and Drew told him like he he hasn't been more relevant in ten years without him. Dolph didn't like that. We know Dolph is very very passionate as a WWE superstar, you know. I wouldn't like. I don't want to call him sensitive, but at the same time, it's been even quoted that he's a weak link. You know, when they were, you know, the dogs of war in Braun Strowman's pack. More than one time they made reference to Dolph Ziggler being the weak link. So, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, come on now. It was supposed to be me and you. It was supposed to be us. We, we dominated the brand. And 
It's Drew. Did did Dolph Ziggler hit a zigzag on Samoa Joe at Survivor Series and got him out the match in 30 seconds? No, that was Drew McIntyre. So, you know, you know, Dolph didn't like any of this. Hit Drew with a zigzag. And almost ruined Drew McIntyre appreciation. I see I'm a little flustered thinking about it. But luckily, general manager Alec Corbin said, no, no, you're not going to do that. You want to fight so bad? You guys match right now. So let's see how this plays out. So clearly Finn Balor interfered, you know, in the match between Drew and Dolph. Drew said that he would see Dolph as Finn. Leading into their match at TLC in two weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network. And, you know, Finn came out and interfered later on, which helped Dolph pick up the victory. So last week, we know that uh, Elias and Finn Balor were brutalized by general manager Alec Corbin, Braun Strowman, excuse me, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, the Almighty, and Drew McIntyre. And we, you know, had Elias in, his, in the ring doing his, uh, you know, having his performance. And before he could really get started, we saw Bobby Lashley finally come, you know, to at least the, you know, Titan trying. He was on the top of the ramp. And, you know, they uh, eventually end up scuffling after Bobby Lashley did his poses. They were ready to, uh, you know, once they would continue, you know, it got crazy. Bobby Lashley uh, went into retreat. So did Leo Rush and Elias was ready to, you know, break the guitar over somebody's head. But when uh, Bobby Lashley was able to retreat and Leo Rush jumped off stage, he was actually tossed back onto stage by none other than Finn Balor for the second time in the evening was, uh, you know, provided the assist to Elias this time around. So, uh, you know, those two got their comeuppance from last week. And it's going to be very interesting to see how these matches play out come TLC. So, Jinder Mahal and his, uh, his goons, Sunil and Sumir, uh, meet general manager Alec Corbin backstage in his office. And... You know, offer their services and taking care of Finn Balor tonight. Finn, uh, General Manager Alec Corbin accepts the proposition, and later on, there's going to be a match between those two. Then Heath Slater and Rhino walk in, and are basically told that one of them have to choose who's going to stay on Raw, whilst the other one no longer works for the company. I don't really have much as far as storyline goes regarding these guys because it looks like the beginning of a storyline. So let's see how this all turns out. All right, so we have the match between Bobby Roode and uh, Drake Maverick. And, you know, we clearly see Drake Maverick uh, with uh, no clear chance of winning. Bobby Roode is uh, pretty much beating him up. 
But then we cut backstage and we see the AOP beating up on Chad Gable. Whoa. Acting, um, excuse me, general manager elect Corbin comes up and says, oh, the match is a, a three-on-two handicap match and it's already started because he forgot to tell them, quote-unquote. So they go down to the ring and then he, uh, the, the general manager elect goes on to tell Chad Gable that the match has already started so he needs to hurry up and get down there, even though he just been pummeled, excuse me, even though he had just been pummeled. So it's a... Uh, you know, it's a little bit of unfair play from the general manager elect's part. He's, again, uh, quote-unquote, abusing his power. This is another one of those spots where I can't necessarily agree with. And uh, he's doing what he wants. Uh, the only person I know is going to have a say-so in it is uh, Stephanie and Tom. So we'll continue to see how that part unfolds. But the rest of it is pretty much a full-blown conclusion. AOP comes out, completely decimates Bobby Roode. Chad Gable comes out, tries to fight in the name of his team, but that didn't necessarily take place. You know, he fought for a little while, but eventually the power game beat him out. And, you know, ultimately, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode had to get pinned one, two, three, but not, not before Drake Maverick got in and took the cover on Bobby Roode. So, AOP and Drake Maverick get the win there. There are men in the ring and sirens blaring with gas masks. Out comes Dean Ambrose with his own gas mask. And a very nice jacket. He uh, feels that the WWE Universe is filthy and wants to keep himself uh, clean and vaccinated from them. So... Let's see how Dean responds to everything that Seth has been saying. And let's just see what he has to say in general. So Dean uh, finally has uh, shared his frustrations with Seth Rollins. You know, I pretty much said Seth always needs to be right. And... He has no integrity. You know, back in the day, the shield was something to be proud of. But then Seth and Roman wanted to be role models. And, you know, that kind of steered away from everything that the shield stood for. And I can understand where Dean's coming from. Because I believe the shield did start out as a heel faction. You know, I don't really... uh this goes back to the Chronicle with Dean Ambrose that you could find anytime on demand on the WWE Network, but you can't really say what's going on inside of the mind of Dean Ambrose. The most we can say is just as Renee had been saying, it's, uh, he's attempting to get inside of Seth's head. And, you know, seemingly he did. You know, he got inside of his head and, and got him overly emotional, and he says that, TLC, he's going to lose control of his emotions, he's going to lose control of himself, and he's going to lose control of the Intercontinental Championship. This uh, brings out Seth as soon as he's done. But Seth came from out of nowhere in the crowd, beat up all of the agents that uh, Dean had surrounding the ring. And they uh, end up having a brawl, but 
Dean gets the upper hand with one of the gas masks, and, you know, all in all, he gets the upper hand on Seth, and walks away, standing strong, building uh, excitement and anticipation to, for their match uh, at TLC, two weeks out, streaming live on the WWE Network. My personal feelings t uh, toward the entire uh, feud thus far, or rivalry between the two is, uh, you know, trying to get a grasp on exactly what Dean is getting at, you know, seeing how many uh, areas Dean has jumped around to. I think Dean is the one that has gotten emotional, you know, for Dean to claim that he is uh, the moral compass of the WWE, to say he's the only one that still has integrity, you know, in WWE. I think uh, he's fairly short-sighted. I don't think it's ever about somebody always trying to be right. I think it's about, guess what, the moral efficacy of one's actions. You know, if Dean and, excuse me, if Seth and Roman were attempting to be role models, then they were trying to exercise better morals. And Dean just wanted to continue to be a bad guy. You know, uh, Seth didn't call Dean a lunatic out of his own will. Dean claimed to be a lunatic himself, but then he changed, but then he suitably... Uh, doesn't want to be called a lunatic anymore like it it's it's confusing in and of itself and maybe dean isn't necessarily being the uh, responsible one it's not a truly integral part of his character to be a flip-flopper at least that's what i have been led to believe about him you know uh, when seth said oh yeah dean's on lunatic time he was cl clearly using the, the lunatic adjective or whatever, the, the term as, again, a term of endearment based on what Dean has claimed about himself. And, you know, it's in his nickname and even portrayed to the WWE universe uh, for a time. So, you know, now Dean is essentially throwing his tantrum and Letting us know all of his grievance with Seth Rollins. With, oh, Seth always needs to be right. And Seth needs to be a role model. And my question would be, what's wrong with that? It's not necessarily about being right. But it could have to do with doing the right thing. You know? Realizing that the, the fans in the universe, they're not, oh, we want to make them feel important. That's why you go run down the ramp and give them fives. How about the WWE Universe is important? Hey, you, 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 you listening. You're part of the WWE Universe. That random voice in the background is part of the WWE Universe. And guess what? We're all important in the WWE Universe. We're the lifeblood. We're the stars. We are the sun. We are the planets. We are the constellations in said WWE Universe. So because Dean... Uh, feels his way and whatever change of 
integral part, uh, excuse me, integral character, you know, he's undergone, but he's going to, you know, uh, casually ignore when it isn't suitable. You know, he's now placing blame on everyone else but himself. And I know that the Intercontinental Championship uh, does have a record held by Goldust. And we could definitely make some new history a week from Sunday at TLC. Streaming live for the WWE Network. Well, excuse me, on the WWE Network. But the way Dean has built his character and the reasons he's given us. I apologize, but I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be able to uh, claim him as a personal represent, representation of the Intercontinental Championship by way of his reasoning and actions. So, as much as I try to uh, speak highly of him, I think he's actually put himself lower than Samoa Joe on the list, you know, as far as heels go in the company. Ensure you guys go and uh, subscribe to the WWE Network where new subscribers could get TLC for free. Let's see what happens next week and let's see how Seth can respond. I hope he can. And I hope he's able to have the WWE Universe know that they are more important than uh, vermin like the Dean Ambrose character uh, thinks they are. She spoke, that is the man's wife, and with all due respect, what takes place between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins has to take place between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. So Nia Jax and Tamina have to face off against Ronda Rousey and Ember Moon for the main event of Monday Night Raw. We're going to get the Heath Slater and Rhino match where the winner stays on Raw and the loser is fired also. Rhino started out the gate pretty fast and uh, about 30 to five, 30 to 30 seconds to a minute later, Heath Slater got a quick rim neckbreaker and picked up the 1-2-3 victory. So Heath Slater keeps his job on Raw and Rhino has to, uh, you know, uh, find a place to be. We're also going to get Jinder Mahal versus Finn Balor. And we're going to see how Jinder is able to uh, get Balor out the way for general manager-elect Corbin, if he can get him out the way. Cut to backstage, and we get uh, Heath Slater talking to general manager-elect Corbin. And apparently now, uh, Heath Slater is no longer a competitor on Monday Night Raw, but he's an official. Well, yeah, an official. He's... And official, WWE official. He's a referee, so congratulations, Heath. 
So Jinder and Finn have their match. The modern day Maharaja versus the extraordinary bear who could do extraordinary things and you know, the Singh brothers were ringside playing a bit of the shenanigans game, trying to distract Finn, but then we had Apollo uh, come out and aid Finn in what was uh, seemingly going to be a victory for the modern day Maharaja. And result, Finn picked up the coup de grace for the 1-2-3 victory, and we are moving forward into our main event. So with all the seemingly... Uh, how can we say it? With the seemingly good deeds that Finn Balor's been doing all night and in, uh, interrupting the Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler match and uh, getting Leo Rush back on the stage for Elias could and get some comeuppance on him and you know picking up a win over the uh, Singh brothers and Jinder Mahal. He's backstage having an interview with Charlie Caruso and. Got gets blindsided by uh, Drew McIntyre himself, who said that he was a marked man, and he came for him and stood on it, and the officials had to come and break it up. And he backed off, of course, because we respect the WWE officials. But he definitely was a man of his word regarding uh, his situation with Finn Balor. So, while Ember Moon was coming out, and she was the last person that was coming out, Tamina and Nia Jax uh, rolled up on Nia, uh, excuse me, Ronda Rousey, you know, surprised her and, you know, started an attack. That was the start of the match. By the end of the match, we had uh, Eclipse into the armbar for the victory. Nia Jax was fairly afraid to have a one-on-one bout with Ronda Rousey, so... When she was tagged in by Tamina, she quickly tagged out, but was pulled back into the ring. It was a match full of almosts. So, all in all, a good roar, and I anticipate catching you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening. I am out of here.